Welcome to The Excellent Fiduciary, a podcast from Roland Chris, where we explore what it takes to meet and exceed the demands of managing an employee benefit plan in today's complex market. From regulatory developments to fiduciary news and practical tips, tune in to The Excellent Fiduciary for your step-by-step guide in achieving compliance and confidence in a new fiduciary era. Now let's begin today's show with an introduction from our Roland Chris host. The pace of conversations about the cybersecurity risk that employee benefit plans face has accelerated since the U.S. Department of Labor introduced its regulatory-like guidance for planned fiduciaries in 2021. In recent months, we've seen many attacks on vendors that prove the reality of data security threats, especially from vendors that serve 401k, 403b retirement plans, and health plans. Hi, I'm Ron Hagen. I'm chairman of the Risk Standards Committee at Roland Chris, and it's my pleasure to host this episode of the Excellent Fiduciary Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss examples of cybersecurity breaches of employee benefit plans that happened when hackers broke through their vendor systems and stole the participants' personally identifiable information. And today, I also want to outline steps you can take to ensure that your plan's fiduciaries do everything possible to select vendors with robust security policies and procedures. Well, there are three examples of cybersecurity attacks that I've chosen for our discussion. Uh, They cover three vital sectors of the employee benefit support community. That's the retirement plan record-keeping sector, payroll, and health plans. Let's start off with the record-keeping sector. A retirement plan participant has filed a lawsuit against Transamerica Retirement Solutions. Transamerica, if you don't know them by name, is a large national record-keeping organization. The suit alleges that Transamerica failed to exercise reasonable care in securing and safeguarding its clients' personally identifiable information, or what I'm going to call PII. That information included names, addresses, social security numbers, and retirement fund contribution amounts. The lawsuit says that Transamerica did not notify the participants in the plan until nearly four months after Transamerica became aware of the security breach. The lawsuit claims that for years following the data breach, Retirement plan participants who were affected will experience what what they call a slew of harms as a result of Transamerica's ineffective data security measures. It says the retirement plan's participants have already experienced many fraudulent purchase requests and spam calls uh, in their names since the data breach, which the lawsuit says will negatively affect their finances in the future. The next example I'd like to use is the payroll services sector. Many enterprises rely on third-party vendors to process their payrolls and provide essential services that affect defined contribution plan participants' accounts. A ransomware attack that knocked out Kronos Private Cloud, that's K-R-O-N-O-S, a service that includes some of the nation's most popular workforce management software is still causing administrative chaos for millions of people. In the weeks since that attack, employees from, well, Montana to Florida have reported paychecks short by hundreds of thousands of dollars, 
and retirement accounts in chaos. Their employers have struggled to manage schedules and track hours without the help of this Kronos software. Affected employers say they don't yet know when they'll access their systems and information, and the additional burden won't end for them until Kronos is back online, because finance and human resources departments around the country are facing weeks of extra work bringing manual records that they've collected over a month now uh, into the Kronos system once it becomes active again. In the most severe cases, that backlog could delay balancing retirement accounts, issuing W-2 forms and other tax information. Well, now for the last example of an employee benefit plan cyber attack that affected thousands is the Beacon Health System. Beacon notified 220,000 of its patients, that's workers who use its health system for health care coverage, that targeted attacks on some of Beacon's members exposed their protected health information. And here's what the hackers got. They got the patient's name, address, date of birth, health insurance, individual policy number, their HIPAA contact information, medical history, health condition, their treatments, the physician's name, and their Medicare and Medicaid numbers. Like Transamerica, it took Beacon nearly four months to notify its clients after it learned of the attack. Well, managing a vendor network and the supply chain used to be a lot easier than it is today. You knew who all of your suppliers were. You could visit their sites and you knew them as individuals. You'd worked with them for many years. But more importantly, they knew you. Vendors understood the specifications you gave them. They visited your site to see how you would use their services. And maybe some of their employees spent much of their working week at your sites and offices, helping you make the best use of their services. But that's all changed. You and your suppliers now work in a platform-driven world. Intense competition drives the need for constant innovation among vendors, and whether that's in the form of new product functions or delivering new cost efficiencies, the platform-driven world has taken over the landscape. Now, the pressure to continue to compete with innovations increases uh, the pressure on talent within the service provider world. And, and in the past, we used to have value-added services that were delivered because of highly competent individuals who were employed by our vendors. But today, technology has taken the place of those individuals. And the technology platforms are increasingly the primary entry point for working with retirement plan vendors, payroll providers, and health plan services. It can mean that your primary access, relationship, and plan management are conducted mainly through a website or even a so-called gig economy. Uh, that's a labor market characterized by the prevalence of short-term contracts or freelance work instead of permanent jobs. Human contact in this world may be minimal. As the vendors you contract with outsource more of the services you acquire from them, third and fourth party vendors have the potential to create significant vulnerabilities for your enterprise. Well, as risks proliferate and regulators like the Department of Labor create more rules, exposures to risk increase for benefit plan sponsors. So it would help if you implemented new measures to offset those risks. 
That includes managing your supplier ecosystem more stringently than before because your vendors' failures might become your business disasters. A solid vendor risk management program that offers metrics to measure vendor compliance will help you avoid disputes and unnecessary costs and save you time. Now, here's where to start. First, develop a governance document system that's appropriate to your organization. You need documents to, uh, have a, to, to create a record of your program, and those will vary depending on the complexity of your situation. At the minimum, you want to begin with a well-documented policy that lays out the high-level guidance of what you'll need to do moving forward. Next, have a well-defined vendor selection process. Forming a defined vetting process is critical to the success of your organization's relationships with vendors. Your organization should execute the strategy as a starting point for selecting any vendor who might provide a, a service. The vetting process can include three steps. It can include a request for proposal, or it could uh, include a comparison of one vendor to its competitors, or it could be completing a risk assessment and other due diligence requirements, which could be defined in your policy. Next, establish contractual standards. It's important to remember that not all agreements are created equally. Yes, you can have a standard template that your organization begins with when entering a new vendor relationship, but there should be a lot of communication and understanding of both parties' responsibilities before finalizing a contract. Within your organization's contractual standards, be sure to incorporate a negotiation process, a review and approval process, and an understanding of how contracts will be stored and monitored for key terms and changes. Next, keep up with periodic due diligence and ongoing monitoring. An established vendor risk management program is only as strong as an organization's due diligence process. Perform due diligence periodically as appropriate to the vendor's inherent risk. That means a high-risk or critical vendor gets evaluated at least semi-annually, while assessments of lower-risk vendors can be less frequent. You should understand that any vendor changes that may impact the risk uh, posed to your organization need to be evaluated immediately. Any significant or consequential uh, reorganization, such as a merger, acquisition, or the announcement of any outsourcing of critical operational services. Remember, due diligence isn't just about requesting and receiving documents. You must analyze those documents as a part of your vendor risk management process. Now, here's a snippet of what periodic due diligence would look like if done correctly. You continue to request and evaluate vendors' SOC reports. That's the AICPA's uh, independent audit process. Evaluate their business continuity and disaster, uh, disaster recovery plans. And be sure you get a disclosure from them on their information security procedures. Number two, conduct annual assessments from different viewpoints, including performance against service standards and data security. All right, let's move on. Define an internal vendor risk management audit process is another critical step in establishing a, a, a meaningful vendor management program. And it's wise to have an internal audit process 
that will act as a catch-all before, well, let's say, a Department of Labor examiner arrives on site. It's much more preferred to catch and resolve an error or program gap well before your examiner does. An internal audit will help you verify your organization has the appropriate controls to degrade its vendor's risks. And then I would say as a final step in establishing a competent, effective, efficient vendor risk management program is to establish a robust and comprehensive reporting process. Now, by following the steps I've just laid out, you would be on the horizon of a program that will assist your organization greatly with adequate vendor risk management. Okay, so let's recap what we've covered today. Vendor risks lurk in many places for employee benefit plans and service providers represent real threats. Events that prove the vulnerability of benefit plans from attacks through third-party and fourth-party vendor channels continue to unfold. A vendor risk management program starts with the six key elements we discussed, and those include a policy statement, a well-defined vendor selection process, contractual standards, periodic due diligence, an internal audit process, and robust reporting of the program results. Well, just before we wrap up, I want to offer you a helpful guide. It's called the Data Security Policy Checklist. You may request it from me by email at excellentfiduciary at rolandchris.com, and I will send you a copy. There's more coming on the subject of vendor risk management for employee benefit plans from Roland Chris, so visit us next week. You may subscribe to the Excellent Fiduciary Podcast on our website at rolandchris.com or on Apple, Google, or Stitcher. Contact us with on LinkedIn also. Well, thank you for joining us today. Until next time, I wish you great success.